Well, what is going on, everyone? Welcome back once again to the VOV Network, where great things are always happening. I'm Brian Murray, and I'm here with Bridget Kinney, and we're going to get into a very interesting topic today, and that is talking about mental bandwidth. And I know many of you probably saw that title and went, what the heck is that, right? So that's where we're going to start with. Bridget, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I am doing great. I'm excited about this topic. Awesome. Well, we're going to dive right in. Uh, so I'm going to bring in uh, an explanation because that's probably one of the biggest questions I think most people have when they saw mental bandwidth and, you know, what's your frequency? What the heck are we talking about? Right. So simply put, mental and emotional bandwidth is about a person's capacity to be able to take in and process information and then respond to their environment. Again, I read that and most people probably go, okay, that helps a little bit. But I want to focus in on a couple of keywords here, and that's why I put them in bold. One is take in. So basically, it is your capacity to take in new information from a mental or emotional standpoint. Process. So processing is also, I think, the most important piece of this because you've taken in the new information, whatever it might be. Now you have to be able to process your way through it. And the question is, how much can you manage? How much can you process through before you start to kind of get uh, a little bit out of, out of uh, tune with yourself and, and, and your environment and, and the people around you? And the last piece is to respond because in, you can't really respond to the stimulus that's come in until you've had an opportunity to process, process your way completely through it. So those are the three things to keep in mind out of that statement is taking it in, processing your way through it, and then being able to respond. So what I did is I have a chart. I put a chart together that kind of explains this in a little bit more detail so you can understand what we're talking about here. Think of it as a funnel, right? So you've got a funnel, which obviously has a much wider top. And into that funnel on a daily basis, week after week, month after month, you're having lots of new stimulus and information put into the top of that funnel, whether it's mental input or emotional input. That actually has to obviously get narrowed down in the funnel as it shows here. And that gets to this point where you have kind of a point of feeling overwhelmed. And that's really what we're gonna focus in today is giving you some insight and some information on better ways to be able to manage that point where it gets squeezed and maybe you start to feel overwhelmed. A, how to better identify it. And then B, we're gonna get into some ways to be able to better manage that point. So at the bottom, one of two things happen. Either your actual capacity increases, or maybe it's a requirement that you narrow the top of the funnel. So the gap between what goes in and what you can actually process through is narrower. That's what we're gonna get in today. So stick around, let's get into it. Well, hello, everyone. Again, welcome back. So, Bridget, uh, how about you give us a little bit of background on um, why we came up with this and why we think it's an important subject to talk about? And as we discussed before, um, what is going on right now with the pandemic, how people are adjusting to the new workspace, how the ch how kids are adjusting to either being virtual and then going back into the schools, how businesses are adjusting to like lack of employees or not being able to fit those that uh, those needs into their budget in terms of the, the amount of employees that they had in the past. We're all going through some type of mental um, health issues that are not necessarily diagnosed, right? And so 
your mental bandwidth, like the capacity to hold all this information, all these situations that's going on in your life, I mean, it can get overwhelming. And so that's where we came up with the mental bandwidth and how you can gauge that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you're so right. There's obviously the last couple of years have been a struggle and a change for all of us in, in many different ways, whether it's personal life, your, your career, uh, or whatever else is going on in your life. And then now coming out of it, even though we are quote unquote starting to get back to what they're going to they call say. the new normal. Um, um, yeah, another normal. Another <laughs> normal. Uh, you look at it and you go, I, I'm still struggling to, you know, kind of stand up on my feet and really figure out how I navigate my way through this other normal, as you put it. So, yes, And I say another normal because some people are still using that the other way of doing things um, during pandemic. And they're trying to integrate the, the, the new normal and with another new normal and going back out into the community, going back out into going into work and, and, um, versus staying at home. Some of them are still trying to integrate both of those uh, normals together. So it's just another new normal. Agreed. One uh, a thousand percent on that. So what we're going to do is we're going to dive a little bit further into this. Before we do, we're going to say a couple of things. Uh, my name is Brian Murray. I am the founder of the VOV Network and uh, got a co-sponsor co here and co-partner here today. And that's Bridget Kinney from uh, she's Building Bridges Outreach. And we're going to be doing a series actually on this moving forward. So this is part one of at least part two for this particular topic. And then we have some other great things also planned. Uh, Bridget, anything else you wanna add on top of that to let them know? Um, you've already introduced me. I am Bridget Kenny. I'm the founder and director of Building Bridges Mentor Outreach, uh, Mentor and Outreach Program, and also Beautiful Girls. And I am excited about this collaboration. Awesome. Well, let's move on to the next slide. So I'm gonna bring that in right now. Uh, and this is really getting into uh, something Bridget's going to cover for us. And it's, you know, at, first of all, identifying where you are on this scale. And we use the term frequency, high or low, you know, what can you manage? So that's the first thing we're going to kind of dive into is some ways to be able to determine, do you have a strong mental bandwidth or where you, are you on the scale right now? So Bridget, do you want to cover that for us? I will. And just as a disclaimer, this is an interactive um, podcast. So please um, come in, chime in, thumbs up, um, like, love. Anything that we say or we discuss that resonates with, with your with, with your situation is at this particular time. So this is not a presentation. This is an interactive engagement. Um, so I'm going to go right into number one. Do you accept and understand your weaknesses and know how to seek help? Um, I know that in the past, you know, years past, we as an African-American culture especially have been, you know, conditioned that seeking counseling meant that you were diagnosed with a type of mental illness, right? And so, but fast forward, it is so important that we protect and even restore our mental health um, by utilizing therapy, counseling, um, and support groups. Um, we sometimes need more than just our immediate circle. Agreed. I could not agree with that more, you know, and uh, it's, it's not only seeking the help, but I think I, I underlined something on this slide when I was looking at it, know how to seek help, because that's the other piece of the pie. Sometimes you get to that point where you know you may want to get some help, but then how do you go about doing that? So that's the, the other half of the puzzle. Where can you go? Who can you contact? Uh, so that you feel comfortable in that process. So that may be something that you want to actually take the time. If you do feel like, hey, maybe I need to talk to someone, uh, 
find out what your resources are and, and investigate a few so that it's something that you feel comfortable doing. And, and just and like what you said with your resources, because of the pandemic, and if, if you want to look at a positive side of this, there are so many mental health resources now just because of the pandemic. And so there's never, it's not really far to, to find, you know, um, you can, your local, your community um, resource numbers in your community, go into your state um, community resources and find out, you know, affordable prices as well, affordable care as well, um, how you can get to those resources. Um, and don't be afraid because we're all in some way needing that therapy, that counseling, those support groups um, to band with us and in, in strengthen our mental health. Could not agree more. Could not agree more. Um, number two, do you value time spent alone and do you use that time to reflect and regroup? Um, I know with me, and I'm sure Brian can, can, can attest to that as well, living full lives like most of us do um, gives us very little alone time. Um, so we not only, I mean, that's even in your household, right? In your family, in your house. So we not only have to be very intentional about our alone time, but also assign that alone time, assign it to reflect, restore, and refresh. Assign that to an activity, a mental health break, so to speak. And so we have to be very intentional about assigning that to something, not just saying, okay, so I'm just going to be alone and I'm just going to have this in my room and I'm just going to chill. And then I, what happens? We start, those wheels start turning. And then we start thinking, okay, well, I forgot to do. Oh, I need to do. So assign that a time alone to something. And then occupy your your time along with that activity. Yep, for sure. Uh, and I'm naturally a person who really needs that alone time to recharge. So it's very important for me that I, I get that and, and regroup, reflect, and and then move forward from that. So I, I totally appreciate that. Absolutely. And if you have to come in, come in. What your alone time assignment looks like for you? What would mm -hmm. it look like for you? What you would like it to look like for you? Number three. Do you recognize the efforts of others, you know, what they deposit into your life and show them gratitude? And I, I know some people may keep this gratitude journal just to say what they're thankful for. But I believe I really believe that recognizing others and what they pour into our lives, um, how they show up to support us. is also being aware of how much we don't have to bear or do on our own. We don't have to do it all, right? And it alleviates the pressure that we sometimes build trying to do it you know, ourselves. Who can agree with that? Who can agree that we sometimes build that pressure ourselves by thinking that we, we need to do this on our own? So when we recognize the efforts of others, we recognize what people deposit into our lives, how we have how we build a support um, circle, then we also um, alleviate the pressure that we have to do this by ourselves. Yes, indeed. I want to uh, kind of tell a little bit of a story associated with that, because this is a, a, a key point for me that I want to bring in here. So I look at this and you talk about from the standpoint of deposit into your life. Right. And but I also see that there is a balance that has to happen here. So because, yes, we're talking about this from the standpoint of what is your mental bandwidth, but understand that you're also interacting with other people that are important to you in your life. They also have some limits when, it, when you talk about mental bandwidth. So when I talk about balance, what I'm saying here from a deposit standpoint, there are deposits that you're taking in, but there are also withdrawals that you're taking from other people, right? 
Uh, so you have to look at that and understand yes. that you have to try to strike a balance with that. Mm -hmm. If you're withdrawing from someone else, you also need to be taking some time to make some deposits with that person, showing some appreciation, showing some gratitude, letting them know that how much you value them so that everything that you're taking from them is not yes. just a, with a withdrawal, you're actually depositing. It's like a bank account. Right. Have it overdrawn if all you're doing is taking, 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 but not putting anything into it. So also keep that in, in your mind with, with this particular part of it, that it is, you are thinking of this as a way of striking a balance so that you make almost, if not equal to the number of deposits as you do with the withdrawals that you're taking out. Right. And if you look at it, you're building a, um, a, a positive uh, continue to build a positive support system, right? Because you all are both, re you know, redrawing and withdrawing and then replenishing that. So you're building a stronger um, circle in that. And, and you need that strong circle to strengthen your mental bandwidth. I see Mabel said that true or a long time is important for yourself. It is very important um, that you spend that time alone and also that you assign that time to a reflect or restore um, or replenish um, activity so that um, you can get the benefit from that. Mm -hmm. um, and I also think that when you embrace others, you show up for your, yourself as, a, I mean, for them and they show up for, your, for you and then you, you get some relief, right? You get some relief uh, in that and you won't have to you won't have to um, go at this thing alone because I think that's a, a big point in our weakening our mental bandwidth is that we feel like we have to do this all on our, our on our own and we have to do it ourselves. It's so true. Absolutely true on that. So uh, let's move on to the next slide. We'll go ahead and, and get that going. And then, you know, all of these things are important, right? That we stay focused to. And, you know, we're going to go on to the next couple of bullet points here. This one, uh, number four says, do you realize that the power of no isn't selfish? And that's a huge one. And I'm going to come back and talk a little bit about that. And also, have you learned how to eliminate the need to please others? So as Bridget was just saying a little while ago, our world has just totally shifted over the last few years with the pandemic and other things. Um, so we've kind of shifted into this mode of, you know, trying to, uh, not step on each everybody's toes because everybody's a little bit more sensitized, this, that, and the other thing. We're coming out of that now. And what you do have to realize is that the power of no is, is a very important thing. The ability for you to say no, not to take on more than you can truly manage or handle. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not selfish. It's more of a self-care thing. And that's why we wanted to bring it up from a mental bandwidth standpoint, because if you do see as we go through this, maybe you are starting to have some struggles and some challenges with all of the mental and emotional things that are being expected of you, then it may be time for you to just say, you know what, I can't take that on right now. Uh, and it's not to say that maybe at a later point in time, it may be something you can reconsider, but you have to be able to stand up for self and not feel guilty and not feel like it's a selfish thing and be able to say no and be comfortable with that. And, and I was saying, this is kind of comical, but I'm gonna go ahead and, and say this. There's a song that's titled, No Is Bay." Now Bay, you know, Bay shows up in your life to give you comfort, right? It gives you peace. You know, Bay makes sure, make sure you're good, right? Well, No does the same thing. Yeah. And I believe the need to please, or as I call it sometimes, yes to the mess, 
Um, <laughs> it often comes. <laughs> it often comes from a place of like insecurity or just not being self-aware. Um, and I've been guilty of it. How many of you have been guilty of it? And that has weakened, you know, my mental bandwidth. You know, just yeah. not knowing how to say no because you know I don't how do how are they going to feel? Um, what are they going to say? And how are they going to look at me? And those are some questions that you know mentally I've said now without asking those ask, asking that in, in the exact words, but just asking that. Um, I see Allison says saying no is a huge problem for me. Since childhood, it has always been a part of my makeup is to please others is like a bad habit. And it definitely is. It takes some work um, to do that. But just think of Noah's Bay. Like, you know, it makes you feel good. And just try it. Sometimes you'll say, no, I can't do that. And you go back and say, you know what? That felt kind of good. <laughs> well, I want to I want to add one more thing on top of that because I used to struggle uh, years ago with, you know, saying no, because it was, again, as she was just saying, Allison was saying, you know, trying to please and wanting to um, not disappoint other people. And then as I moved on, matured, got through my career a little bit more, I actually became very good at saying no. However, one of the ways that I do it, and you people out there, please, you can absolutely use this, is I'm very easy for me to go, no, I cannot do that. But then I always follow that with however, this is what I can do, right? So it's not that I'm slamming the door in your face 100%. Most times, sometimes I do have to say a complete no, but I would say most of the time I can actually say, however, I can commit to doing X or Y or this piece or that piece, knowing what I can and cannot manage. And that goes back to what Bridget was just saying a few moments ago about the self-awareness piece. And that's really why we're even doing this today is just to help you become more self-aware of maybe where you have any sticking points so that you can better deal and manage with them. But that's a key for me. And that's really how I manage saying no a lot of the times is, no, I can't do that. However, I can do this, this or that for you. And that kind of puts it into a middle ground where I feel okay, like I am helping and still contributing and they still feel like they're valued and what they need is also being taken care of. Now, mind you, he has said, you know, as his career had progressed and he had got a little bit more mentally um, stronger. Now, I will say for those that have not been able to, you know, just get to that level and and no, and I agree with him totally. But at first, you know, no, because what, what happens is there's a fine line when you cross. But however, and then you find you may find your way yourself um, compromising um the however with that person especially if it's a, someone's very close to you and they are used to you saying yes um and then you say yes however i can do this this and this and then they go well what about if you do this this and this so now you're making another decision so like you said he you know he used to be that way until he got more stronger in his mental bandwidth and in his career further along so if you have a problem with no right now i would say just say no and then once you're stronger in that and you know okay i can make the i can give these options to him or to her so and i can follow through with that and, and no i'm not gonna compromise what i said this is what i can do then um then um i would do that thank you for your comments um yeah, for sure for sure the comments are great um and you know bridget it's it's interesting because 
there is kind of this negotiation piece that happens, as you said, you know, you say, however, and then I say, well, what about this? And what about that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's where you do have to really get comfortable with self and know what your true limitations are and yes. be able to stand firm on those when you need to. Because you will find yourself compromising and then you'll hang up the phone or walk away from that conversation and you go, well, I'm as stressed out as I was before we before I decided <laughs> right. what I was going to say. Now I'm doing this instead of this. So, you know, like I say, notice Bay and keep that. Um, if, if you can remember that, keep that because it will, you know, if you don't use those steps, as he and I said, it will weaken your mental bandwidth. Yes, it will. All right, let's move on to number five. Number five, and I'm going to hold my hand up even before I read it and say guilty as charged. Uh, do you conform to a perfectionist line of thinking? And that is another thing that's baked into me uh, most of my life is I, I'll get a hold of something and I will not put it down or let it go until in my mind it's perfect. And that, that can be a challenge. Um, and also, do you lean into uh, progress instead of perfection, right? So... That's an interesting thing because a lot of the times I get caught up and it has to be perfect before I'll let it go versus just appreciating that I am making progress and not getting so hooked on the perfectionist piece of it. So that's a, that's a personal struggle that I, I deal with every day. Yes. Uh, so this, and that's part of what we're doing today is I is far from perfect. And, and Bridget, I'm sure you can attest that we, some of these things we read and went, Ooh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> right. Cause mm -hmm. we're not saying that we don't do these things or we don't have these issues because we absolutely do. Uh, I want to share a quote with you that relates to this. And this is actually a quote from Denzel Washington talking about the piece about progress versus perfection. And he said, don't confuse movement with progress. And basically what he was saying with that is appreciate the fact that you have to have discipline and consistency to actually reach completion. So take and appreciate the fact that you are taking the time, you're, you're being disciplined, you're, you're being consistent, you're working your way through towards the completion of whatever it is. So that may be the perfectionist piece of it, the actual completion part, but appreciate that you are taking the steps one at a time, whatever it might be. As they say, how do you eat an elephant? It's one bite at a time, right? You can't just eat the whole elephant when you start. So that's that's what I have done to try to help myself not get so hooked on being perfect or the, the perfectionist piece of me is to really appreciate, hey, I am taking the steps. I am breaking this down and I am working my way through it. And that's my reward versus the actual completed piece, because you're going to get there as long as you keep taking those steps. So that's a, a great quote by him, but just don't get it confused. Just because you're having movement, don't let that make make it feel like it's progress, because it's it's all part of the entire thing that needs to happen for you. Right. It's like a journey, right? It's like yeah. the journey to perfection um, and just kind of enjoying the view of that journey because you have to be um, disciplined. You have to set your 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 goals. I read a quote and I like it because of, of my personality. Um, and, and so this stuck out, these two quotes stuck out for me. Um, it said, perfection hampers success. It often opens the door to anxiety, depression, addiction, and life paralysis. And I also read a quote that said, perfection is boring. Getting better is where all the fun is. Mm -hmm. And that's the journey. Um, I 
mind myself, I've never <laughs> had a problem with trying to be perfect um, because I learned a long time ago that it failed me every time. And so now I just enjoy the journey toward perfection, which is progress. And I take that in a little bit at a time. So basically both of those quotes are saying to attempt to be perfect stunts your mental and emotional growth. Mm-hmm. Very it, true. Prevents, it prevents you from growing. Um, I like continue. You said progress of a perfect while I struggle here. And so the, the thing we need to think of is um, what are the steps that we're taking to get to that perfection? What are the steps that we're taking? Because that's what that's the real meat, right? Of it, the steps that we're taking to get to perfection. And that's your progress. And that's what you focus on. Those steps, mm-hmm. those steps. No, absolutely. It's focus on the, the, the steps uh, that because that's going to get you to your target because you just keep taking the steps. Right. So you will reach completion as long as you keep focusing on the steps. And again, as I said, the discipline and the consistency, those are the key things that you need. And perfection is like we've arrived. Right. Mm-hmm. And who has really arrived? <laughs> um <laughs> Because every time we get to that step, we want to learn more. We want to do more. We want to um, complete. We have more goals. So no one really arrives. So um, dismiss the idea of perfection and just go, you know, dive into the the deeper into progress and what that looks like. And so come in, let us know what, what that would look like for you. Yeah, great, great, great information. So that's going to wrap up. We've shared now some of the things that you can ask yourself and questions, you know, to kind of process through just from a self-awareness standpoint, mainly. Um, How strong are you from a mental bandwidth standpoint? Uh, Where do you see the challenges? Is it the perfectionist piece? Is it the saying no piece? And all those various things that we've talked about so far. Now we're going to flip the page and we're going to go to the other side of the coin where we're going to ask, uh, kind of answer some of the things as to, all right, now we've identified where we need help. What can I do to start to remedy some of those things? And uh, uh, Bridget, I'm going to have you uh, take over and, and kind of share and talk about those things for us. How to increase mental bandwidth. Um, before I read the first one, I'm going to raise my hand and say <laughs> that I, I have, I struggle with that. Eliminate thoughts that focus on other people's problems. That has been like a big one for me. Um, and this is, I read this somewhere and it just, it just spoke to me. And, and that's what I've been trying to build my conversations, my hard conversations with. And it said, and I believe that the best conversation that you could have with someone who is telling you their problem or their situation should be, what do you think you should do? Mm-hmm. Or what do you think should happen? When I read it, I was like, wow, that's not how I lead those conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I, I'm already in my head thinking, how can I be of service? Mm-hmm. And so living in those thoughts that focus on other people's problems will definitely, you know, uh, increase your mental bandwidth and it will allow some, you will raise some of that, that negative, that, um, any, that negative energy that you have loading. In, into your mind. Oh, 100%. Um, you know, and then go on to number two, because those two tie together and I have a comment that I would definitely want to make for that. <laughs> right. And, and I will say again, I know that this is hard for me, you know, especially as a parent of grown kids, 
Mm. We do low thought and a parent period, really. Um, mm. We go automatically into fix it mode. You know, I mean, who agrees, who disagrees? But we most we have to speak those words in order to strengthen our own mental bandwidth in order to hold, you know, to um, handle our own difficulties, you know. And so the next one, <laughs> abort any thoughts of situations that you can't control. <laughs> Yeah, all I could do is, all I could do is shake my head. Let me just say this. I believe that we should all adopt the serenity prayer. <laughs> not just AA, we should all adopt that prayer. And I, I'm not talking about putting it on our mirror in our room and our on the calendar. I'm talking about right. we need to memorize that serenity prayer, especially, especially the part that says the wisdom to know the difference. The wisdom, the wisdom to know the difference. And that's where we that's where we make that left turn is to not know the difference between what we can, can, can control and what we can't control. So we need to accept those situations that are out of our control and, you know, delegate those situations to something outside of ourselves, mm -hmm. like a higher power. Mm -hmm. We cannot play that role. Cannot. Absolutely. That uh, you know, Bridget, that's, that's actually uh, for me. It's one of the key things that I've I've learned in my life talking about controlling situations or what you can't control. And we can actually do a whole session on that alone because I have some great techniques and some things that I can certainly share to help people along that road. But yeah, I, I have a big star on my notes talking about this point, uh, focusing on you know what it is that you can control and. and from a mental bandwidth standpoint, the key there is a to identify what those things are that you can. So I always look at it from at three simple levels. You have what I have 100% control over, what I have some influence over, and then what I have zero control or influence over. So figuring out first of all, which one of those three categories, whatever the situation falls into, then you say, all right, from a mental bandwidth, energy, effort, however you want to break it down, 80-20 rule. Take 20% of your energy, put that into the things that you have some influence and some control over. The other 80%, which is obviously the lion's share, you focus all of that on what you have 100% control over. Those things that you have zero control, zero influence, I know it's hard. You've got to be able to just put them down because you have zero influence and zero control. You need to, you need to um, send me all of that you just said because <laughs> I, I do. I have it in a chart, actually. You so. do need to send me that chart because I, I will be the one to say yes, and anybody else that agrees with me, I will be the one to say yeah. I am, and and we talked about this in another situation how sometimes we want to con control this selfishly, not so that it won't end well, it'll end well for other people. So, but also, so if it doesn't end well with them, I mean, we don't want to be in, in, in responsible for it not ending well for someone, or it may fall on us again if that decision does not end well for them. So there we, we're trying to, we're selfish, right? We don't want to be any part of this. So let me just, let me make that decision for them. So yeah. we know how it's going to end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, um, Thank you. Controlling the narrative as a single mother has been the norm. Um, what I have learned in this season of my life, what that looks like changes and I can only control me. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. That's um, one thing you have 100% control over, believe it or not, is self. So. Itself, and that is something that we need to continually to remind ourselves that we cannot do that. And like I said, that serenity prayer, um, it's going to work for me. Um, and, and when I read it again, and I was like, you know, we need to all adopt that. Not adopt this, not just an AA, but as you know, it's a humans because mm -hmm. we get those lines. So we get those lines crossed, and and especially for me, the wisdom to know the difference between what I can and cannot control, and what I can't, what I have to accept. Correct. Yeah, a thousand percent. All right. Next on the list. Create a mental energy checklist with a re realistic timeline, a mental energy checklist. That is um, monumental because we put a checklist and we organize our daily work plans, our household duties. You know, we organize these according to a checklist. I mean, so let's write down the steps and plans needed to create mental energy. And I, we, I never really thought about mental energy because we just what? It just comes. We just make a decision. We just think about something. We may make a snap decision. We may make a, a responsible decision. We may not make the decision at all, but it just comes to us, right? And so we don't create that mental, how, how that's going to affect that mental energy. And be realistic about the timeline. Um, let's, not, let's avoid that one more thing to stress us out. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Well, I said I was going to, you know, oh, I didn't meet that. You know, let's make a realistic timeline to that. And um, tell us how you create a mental energy checklist. Tell us mm -hmm. how you do that. Yep. Allison said, for me as a parent of adult children, I've learned to let go of what I can't control. And that is, I don't see the rest of that. Do you see that? Uh, so yeah. She says, and that is a great feeling. A great feeling. It is a very great feeling. Um, Cause as parents, we, we, like I said, we go into a fix it mode and, and, and we feel some kind of way when we walk away from that conversation. But it 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 saves space for our own issues, our own problems that we have to deal with. And so, mental, en mental en energy checklist. Yep. The next one: carve out time in your day, week to devote times to what matter, time to what matters most. And that I guess that that mental energy checklist goes hand in hand with carving out time of your day and week to devote to what matters what, uh, most, you know, give yourself real mental and emotional time to vote, to devote to your personal life, uh, health, health, what are your, your hand raising? Because oh, my, hand is up. my hand because, is up. Because what? Because I want to add two words to that. So I look, cause I love this and this, but this is one. So at the very end, what matters most to you, you, Right. Because again, this goes back to where we were earlier about pleasing others and this, that, and the other thing. So yeah, you, you've carved out this time and you're devoting it to what matters most. But then if you're still really taking that time to truly get focused on delivering what others need, you're not having that self-care moment that you really need. Uh, and that's really what this is focused to. So if anything you want to add to that, just say matters most to you and devote right. that to it. Right. And, and, and like I was saying, give yourself and while you say to you while you say that, I'll say give yourself real mental, emotional time and devote that to your personal health, 
right? Your personal health, not making sure the kids get to the doctor or making sure, you know, spouse, uh, you know, does what they do, what they need to do devoted to your personal health, you know, and to your family time. Now that's not, and you pick what you want to devote that, that time to not get, the kids don't get to pick it or the spouse doesn't get to pick it. You pick what you want to devote um, that mental and emotional time to. And do anything that gives you a sense of peace and joy. And as I've said before, be intentional about it. You know, ask yourself, what does that mental and emotional time look like to me? Um, and this will allow you time to not only show up authentically for yourself, but also to show up authentically for others. That's correct. Absolutely. And I like yeah. to come in, my mental energy is staying in the present and not looking back on things that are negative. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not going that way. Don't look yeah. back there because you're definitely not going that way. Yeah, that's not that's not the direction. You can't change it now. So let's let's stay in the present and focus on what's going to happen in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. I um, mean, the last one. Um, pay attention to burnout warning signs. I think we um, we just live busy lives, right? And and it's busy, and we even live busier social lives. Um, and so use self-care in, in any capacity as a necessary tool, you know, be aware of those days that, you know, those off days, you know, when you just don't feel yourself, right? Pay attention to that and be body conscious, you know, mm. internally and externally. Our mm. body speaks to us inside and out, mm. you know, oh, my face is breaking out. Oh, I'm getting these rashes. You know, mm. sometimes we go and go straight to, well, what did I what kind of washing detergent did I use? Or, you know, oh, I'm getting this on my leg. And we we, we um, say, well, I know I've been drinking this differently. No, sometimes it's just your body is burnt out. The stresses. It's stress, yes. Sometimes you're just stressed out. You know, you're breaking out. You're in rashes because you're stressed out. You don't have to have a stroke or have to have bell palsy or have to have these other illnesses to, to, lift, to for your body to let you know uh, you need to, you know, sit down somewhere, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so pay attention to those burnout warning signs. You know, what does that look like to you? What And have you noticed while we're talking some burnout warning signs? Mm -hmm. Have you noticed those things? And what are you going to do? You know, what mental energy checklists are you going to make now so that you can take care of those warning signs? Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Bridget, thanks for covering that. And this is, this is great information. Uh, and again, things to really just start to have you do that mental checklist, as it says here, and uh, focus on your mental energy. Uh, Self-awareness is the key also. Uh, and, and start to uh, open up that can and, and really see what's inside so you can, oh, and then put the right things inside of that can too as you move forward. Bridget, before we go forward, I actually want to go back to a comment I think uh, Allison made a little while ago. And I'm going to pull that up and actually close this out real quick. I'm going to pull this because I think it's a very important one uh, that, we, that we touch on. So I'll drop that in here. So she says, uh, not so much about perfection or progress, it's procrastination due to stepping out of my comfort zone. So this is key because you are going to, if, if you sit here now and you say, all right, hey, yeah, that's me, or yeah, I got this problem, or, I have this challenge, I need to start to work on it, then that brings about change. And change can be uncomfortable, right? 
So this not an answer. I wanted to go back and revisit this one because I, we need to spend a few minutes, I think, take, talking about uh, procrastination and definitely mm -hmm. talking about getting out of your comfort zone. So, you, and so what does that look like to procrastinate? Because some people go, I'll do it tomorrow. And they don't think that's procrastination because, yeah, they plan to do it. They put it on their phone, right? They put it, they scratch it out of the planner on one day and they put it on a Tuesday and they put it on Wednesday. Well, the fact that I put it on Wednesday is not that I procrastinated. Well, yes. It yeah, is. It is. <laughs> yes, it is. You did procrastinate. You had the time it's to do not it. It's not until another day. You push. did procrastinate. That is not progress. That is. Um, that is um, and so moving, coming out of your comfort zone, moving out of your comfort zone is very um, difficult um, because we've just been accustomed. And then the pandemic didn't make it any better, right? Um, so we've just been accustomed to doing it a certain way and we don't know any other way to do it. And we've seen other ways and, and he, you and I are talking about different ways, but, um, I just always have done it this way and it, it's been working, but has it, hmm. has it, has okay. it been working? Um, and so we have to give ourselves, we have to have those hard conversations with ourselves and, and, and to identify the procrastination because sometimes we don't know what they are until we identify, okay, well, yeah, two years ago, I said I was going to start that business or two years ago, I was going to start, you know, that writing that play or, or, or directing that movie or two years ago, I was going to open up an art uh, studio or two years ago, I was going to do these things. And some things are under, under our control, right? Some things are out of our control. Mm-hmm. Some things we definitely can't do anything about. So um, look at look at your life and see what it has been that point where you procrastinated and what has been so hard for you to get out of in terms of your comfort zone. Yep, and it's it's is it what's driving it too? Is it fear? You know, um, absolutely. That has you in that space? Absolutely. Um, is it just the true thing of the comfort zone? So it's interesting you bring that up because uh, I want to do a little exercise with everybody right now. And it's a very simple exercise for those of you, those of you who are watching. He's good with these exercises. <laughs> so all we're going to do is just fold your arms, just like you normally do anytime you, you, know, you sit up and you fold your arms. All right. Everybody there, fold them the opposite way. Flip them, which is not your natural space. Doesn't it feel like what the... I mean, you like, can't even I, I can't even do it. Do like, it. I, don't, right. I keep doing it the same way. I, right. I got to go back. I got to go right. back to the way I did it to see how that it looks. That is your comfort other zone. Way. That is your comfort zone. That is one of the best, simplest examples I can give. That is amazing. Hold your arm and just by flipping them, it's like, all right, this feels all wrong. It doesn't feel right. I don't feel comfortable. I want to go back to the old way. You need to learn if you really want to change and you really want to grow. Not only do you need to get comfortable being in that other position that feels kind of odd because that's what forces you to grow and change and evolve, you need to actually be get comfortable with seeking the opportunity to change and grow and evolve. So actually look to be in that place of discomfort. And I know that's a huge leap forward for a lot of us sometimes, but literally that's the, a great example of what I mean. Just flipping it. You're like, this feels totally weird. I don't like this at all. But right. that's how you're going to grow, change, and evolve. That's exactly how I felt when I was doing it. That's a great, that's a great activity, a great observation. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> 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 I'll just say amen. <laughs> <laughs> 
It is true. So that, that's a great example of just being able to sit there and go, uh, well, I don't like this. It just, I, I, it feels unnatural. It feels uncomfortable because you're used to crossing those arms in a certain way, right? And just by that simple change, put you into a place of discomfort. So Bridget, that's why I wanted to go back and revisit uh, Allison's comments. So I thought that was very important uh, for any of this because for any of the things that we've talked about today, is going to be a change in your process, whether it's mentally, emotionally, act activity-wise, making a list, uh, all of it. And until you can get comfortable with that change, you're not gonna be able to have the impact and have it make the difference it needs to make. So I want to go back and, and revisit that. Awesome, awesome. And Allison says, thank you. So I'm gonna bring the presentation back in and this brings us to how we're gonna wrap this up for today. Uh, let's talk about our question of the day. Okay. So question of the day, what do you need to do to better manage or grow your mental and emotional bandwidth? Question. Um, I'm going to actually start because I made some notes here of just for my own thing as we went through it. Right. So two things for me, um, I, I shared earlier about my the way I go about saying no, right? And that I, I still try to do the, you know, no, however I can do X. And I'm actually going to work on now being able to pare that back some more. So instead of feeling like I have to give a, a however, 80% of the time, I'm, my goal is to try to get that down to like 50-50. Because right now I'm still saying, however I can do this, and I'm doing that 80% of the time, which still probably has me taking on more than what I should take on. So that's one thing that I'm going to start to work on. Second thing is, as I mentioned earlier, the perfectionist piece and really, 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 really trying to get comfortable, uh, not feeling like it's got to be 100% perfect before I put it down or let it go. So mm -hmm. those are the two areas that based on what we've covered today, I'm going to start doing mental checklists about, uh, start to do some self-care, think about, reflect on, and try to really get comfortable with uh, delivering those things in a way that helps me balance my own uh, mental bandwidth. Well, as most, if, if you know me, you know I have no problem with self-care. Um, I have that down, packed. Um, I have not really um, dive deeper into a deeper into the data in terms of how do I strengthen and we can, how do I strengthen the mental bandwidth with in terms of like um, avoiding other people's problems. But I will say that I live moment by moment. Um, I embrace mo uh, moments and people that what I say feel like sunshine, right? And that brings me peace and, pos and positive mindset for me. But I also filtered through those negative moments to, to decide if this is a lesson that I'm supposed to learn or if it's nothing. If it, if it doesn't need to be stored, it can be mentally and emotionally discarded. Mm -hmm. And so that's best, basically how I manage and grow my mental and emotional bandwidth. Awesome. So Bridget, what do you want to say to our listeners um, about this question? I mean, so tell tell us, how do you better manage or grow? Or what will you moving forward do to better manage or grow your mental and emotional being with them? And remember, this is for you. This is not so that your family can, you know, you can, um, your family will accept you or you won't get, they won't. And please, and it just popped in, please do not think about what they're going to think. 
because after today you have changed how you do things for you, how you how you manage your conversations with them, um, how you are growing your mental and emotional bandwidth by self-care, how no is bae. <laughs> um, <Right. laughs> there's, there's a comment right here that says, uh, my cousin says no is a complete sentence which does not require explanation. I love that. I love it. It does not. It's just no period. It's the only, it's probably besides just the no is like, okay, no, is that out? Yeah, that's it. That's all I have to say. Um, because mm -hmm. every, you know, we've always said no because, right? And so everybody's going to be sitting there waiting on you to say because. Well, however, because, that's it. But, right? Yeah. No, that's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Moving on, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. This has been great. This has been great. Yeah. So final thoughts for today, Bridget, as we wrap this up. Um, I've learned something um, in researching this and going through these steps um, in this presentation. I am practicing um, strengthening my mental bandwidth in different areas that I had not thought of before. Um, mm -hmm. I am slowing down a lot in terms of self-care and what self-care meant to me before means differently to me now um because i can find myself uh instead of being in in terms of trying to create a business being a busyness mm. and so um i am i have learned that from this what about you yeah uh this has been awesome and for me you know final thoughts kind of roll back to um the self-awareness piece of it, because you, you can really get into that whole wash, rinse, repeat kind of thing as you just go through your days. Um, and one, what, what I have gathered from this is I need to, to do some re-evaluation, right? Because everything is continuing to evolve. And then, so I'll share that to say, you know, everybody else out there, you just learned some things today that are gonna make you step up and do some things probably a little differently. Well, six months from now, you're going to probably want to revisit and go through this whole process in some way all over again, because Absolutely. in six months, you're going to be in a different place. Absolutely. The world is going to be in a different place. And so it's something that you need to continually work and evolve. And that that's my takeaway Absolutely. Uh, from, from this, this session today. Absolutely. Uh, it's really good. So, but yeah, this is, it's just been awesome. Uh, I, that's all I have for today, Bridget, unless you have anything else you would like to share. We have covered it all. Thank you to those that came in. Um, share, like um, and share this um, this presentation and pass it on. We will be getting back with you on part two. That's right. We'll be getting part two going and that'll be coming up probably later this month. And again, we greatly appreciate everyone out there and your support. And hopefully you did find value in this. And uh as, as Bridget said, please like, share. Uh, uh, obviously, you can find information on YouTube as well as on Facebook for both of us. And uh, until next time, uh, everyone have a great weekend. Bridget, say aloha to everyone. Aloha and take care of each other. Absolutely, 100%. Until then, everyone, uh, we will definitely see you soon. Bye now. Bye-bye.